1: welcome back i'm martin strong and this is vancouver consumer coming up we'll talk to the organizer of the vancouver resource investment conference two days at the vancouver convention center may 17th and 18th which is being called the ultimate financial Masterclass, with hundreds of speakers and experts talking about the new issues that face our world and how investors can stay ahead of the trends we'll talk to jay martin but first here are some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. It has never been this expensive to fuel up your car. Gas prices reached yet another all-time high in Metro Vancouver early yesterday morning, hitting over $2.16.9 a liter at some stations, beating the previous record, which was set back in March at two fourteen point nine. dollars and we probably won't be getting a break anytime soon. It's not just Vancouver. Toronto is also seeing record prices for gas. The war in Ukraine continues to get part of the blame for the surge in prices, as does inflation and good old supply and demand. Here in Metro Vancouver, we also pay some of the highest taxes on fuel in the country, Some provinces have taken action to try to help ease the burden on our wallets by looking at gas taxes. However, in B.C., Premier John Horgan's government has opted for just a one-time $110 rebate, something that is being seen kind of as cold comfort by a lot of BC drivers. If you've flown out of Vancouver Airport or out of Toronto in the past couple of weeks, you know the kind of big weights that are facing passengers, thanks to a shortage of staff. And now the organization running Toronto's Pearson Airport is urgently calling on the federal government to step in and help alleviate some of these major delays affecting passengers. They say Ottawa needs to make investments to boost staffing levels as well as streamline COVID-19 public health requirements to deal with the issue. Here in Vancouver, YVR has seen some big delays, especially last weekend. They were urging passengers last weekend to show up at least two to three hours ahead of their flights in order to get through the security screening process. So how many people in total have died because of COVID-19 over the past two years? Well, it depends who you ask. According to the World Health Organization, Nearly 15 million people have died either directly from COVID or by its effect on overwhelmed health systems. 15 million is more than double the official death toll. Most of the fatalities were in Southeast Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Accurate numbers on COVID-19 deaths have been problematic throughout the pandemic because the figures are only a fraction of the devastation wrought by the virus, largely because of limited testing and difference in how countries count COVID-19 deaths. And here at home, one of Vancouver's biggest tourist landmarks has been fixed. The steam clock in Gastown was damaged last weekend. Cops say the damage to the glass was inflicted intentionally. The city of Vancouver tweeted that the glass was replaced. On Tuesday of last week, the city also confirmed no other parts of the steam clock had been damaged and the cost of the repair, including both labor and materials, was 963 bucks plus tax. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up uh, this month, May 17th and 18th, a very special investment conference, the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Center, 100 plus financial keynote speakers, all sorts of commodity investment ideas. And when we come back, we'll talk to the host of the VRIC, Jay Martin. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And it certainly feels like we are in a new world, post-pandemic, hopefully, uh, geopolitical upheaval. So what does this all mean for our investments? Well, coming up this month, May 17th and 18th, is a very special conference dealing with just that. It's the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Center with more than a 100 financial keynote speakers. And with me now is the host of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. He's the CEO of Cambridge House. You may have seen him on his YouTube channel, The Jay Martin Show. And Jay Martin, the man, is with us now. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm excellent, Martin. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So we're talking about the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. And if people want to read more about it online, it's really easy to find. You can go to cambridgehouse.com or just Google the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. I Googled V R I C, and uh, I got it. So it's pretty easy, and you can get all the ticket information. But let's, let's talk um, about the event. I mean, you call it the Ultimate Financial Masterclass.
0: Yes. And uh, first of all, it's good to know that our SEO is working if you're finding it that easily. So I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Martin, yeah, I'm very excited for this event. You know, we used to produce about you know, eight to 10 financial investment colleges per year across North America. Obviously, that business has been on pause for a couple of years. And this is, uh, this is our, our first live event in that long. So, you know, the world has turned upside down three or four times in that two-year period. I think investors have way more questions than they have answers right now. I'm definitely one of them. You know, what we do with this event is we bring in as many perspectives as possible so investors can hear strategies from people who have been in the game from a unique uh, number of seats and uh, and make better decisions. So, you know, what you're going to find at this event is I started a talk this year. We've got two main headliners. One is the former prime minister of Canada, the 22nd prime minister of Canada, Stephen Harper. And another is the 63rd president of Mexico, Felipe Calderon. And the reason I invited both of these two individuals is because they managed their countries through the 2008 financial crisis. So they were in all of the closed door meetings with, Uh, President George W. Bush back then at a time when the sky was falling, markets were crashing, and the world was losing confidence in the U.S. dollar. And today, we're in a scenario that's not far from that, right? The, The inputs are different, but the outcome is sort of similar. And so I've got questions for both these individuals on just the general macro landscape and how they see major geopolitical shifts occurring over the next decade. Because You know, nobody has a crystal ball, but I would just say, I think the 2020s will be how the 2020s have been so far, which is continued unprecedented (laughs) volatility.
1: Wow. If you think of the 2020s as, uh, you know, like a roller coaster ride, and we've been through, you know, a couple of years so far, it's, I guess it's strap in time.
0: Most uh, roller coasters
1: save the best for last. So I think it's time to buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) that's true and you know this this conference like you say couldn't come at a better time for on two levels because one uh it it'll be the first time for a lot of people to get together with other people and and that is a huge thing but also because of the reason why it took so long to get together the pandemic and also what's going on around the world it is really um volatile time. And I I guess, you know, as somebody who follows, you know, the markets and has so much experience, um, volatility is just something you get used to. But but right now, it seems like all bets are off.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, Martin. I think right now, if I look at the way I've constructed my portfolio, I'm building a moat. I'm not trying to build a castle right now, right? I don't know what the future holds. I agree with you. Um, more chaos, more uncertainty is probably what we're going to see. And so what do you do in that scenario? You can't go all in on anything because truly bets, all bets are off. And, you know, so what do I do in that scenario? Right. That's why I host this event. I've got about a hundred keynote speakers coming to Vancouver, covering all facets of the financial markets of macro finance, of specific investment opportunities, because there's no strategy that we can rely on. So, The best thing that we can do is hear as many strategies from individuals who have been outperforming the market for a couple of decades and then pick and choose that which will work for us. Right. Because everybody has a different time horizon. Everybody has a different risk tolerance. Everybody has different capital available to them. And so you can't there's no copy and paste in the markets, as you know. Right. In addition, we don't know what's around the corner. And so hearing as many perspectives as possible, I believe, should be every investor's goal right now.
1: We're talking to Jay Martin. He's the host of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Center, May 17th and 18th. That's uh, a week from Tuesday, a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And uh, if you go to Vancouver Resource Investment Conference on Google, and uh, like I say, I just, uh, I just Googled V-R-I-C and uh, it popped up. You can find all all the information that you need. And we're talking about how many keynote speakers there are and how many different, uh, you know, topics there are that will be discussed. Let's talk about the, 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 the experience you want people to have in this two day conference. What's a sort of a typical way people will experience the Vancouver resource investment conference? Well,
0: I hope to do two things, Martin. And number one is educate Right, educate or inform. And, and number two is entertain, right? Because we all want to learn. We want better insight into more intelligent decision-making. Uh, but if we don't enjoy the process, we don't retain what we learn, right? And so I really do endeavor to host conversations that are equally um, engaging as they are informative, right? Because I just know how I learn, you know, and that, that works for me. So, you know, there's multiple layers to what investors experience at this event. I do start at the absolute top and that's with my former world leaders i try to cover the macro landscape the biggest trends in geopolitics and and you know global macro because that will tell us about the biggest trends in money flow the biggest trends in industry the biggest trends in geopolitical power balance in currencies all of this stuff but i don't invest at that level i invest in the super early stage commodities market i like the junior mining industry, the exploration industry, and the production of commodities, essentially the ingredients that the world needs, right? In our cell phones, in our houses, in our electric cars, all of this stuff. And so you start as high as possible with the macro, understand the big trends, Then you get more granular, go into a room and listen to a couple of our investment gurus, our money managers, hedge fund managers who are actually allocating capital in the space you can get a sense of where money is moving right now, what commodities are getting financed, because typically you follow the smart money, right? Wherever that money ends up is likely to increase in price. As investors, we want to get there before that happens. And so we understand the macro, we understand the money trends, and then we can identify the early stage opportunities to position ourselves for profit.
1: Well, well, it's interesting stuff. So, what are what are some examples in your mind? Maybe uh, past examples of, of that of of the way people have have really understood the way the world is moving and taken advantage of it.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you don't have to go too far back in history. So, think about the spring of 2020, and on my podcast and on my YouTube channel, the J. Martin Show, which is very similar to what you'll find at our conferences. I was interviewing about five money managers per week, right? Either macroeconomists, you know, professional investors, but people who had their finger on the pulse in terms of where money was going next. And everybody had a different opinion, different perspective, different strategy, but there were some common themes across the board, meaning that if I interviewed 10 money managers, eight of them would agree on this one thesis or these two theses. And at that time it was, it was gold and Bitcoin. And It didn't matter whatever else they were looking at. Almost everybody I had on my show was allocating some cash to gold and Bitcoin. And so, you know, I put myself in that scenario and I'm like, okay, what does that mean for me? Right. It means that there's a tsunami of cash moving towards these two asset classes and the investor in me wants to make sure I get in front of that tsunami. And so, you know, through the 2020s, as in the year 2020 we can remember how well gold miners and cryptocurrencies performed, right? It was a direct relationship to leaning smart money, moving towards these asset classes and retail money, people like you and I moving thereafter, right? And so that's why I have these conversations on the podcast. That's why we organize these conversations at the conference so that the audience and myself included, I mean, this is a very self-serving endeavor, Martin. I, I build the conference that I want to attend that will answer the questions that I have as an investor And, you know, I try to get my finger on the pulse of where money is going next, because that should be our goal as retail investors, to spot the avalanche of money and get ourselves in front of it.
1: Talking about the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Centre with uh, the host of the conference, Jay Martin. And uh, you can see Jay on YouTube the Jay Martin show. And, uh, on your show, I I was watching some of the episodes and you often talk about uh, bomb proofing your portfolio. And, uh, I guess this is all part of bomb proofing that portfolio.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for, for me. And that means something different for everybody, Martin, but you know, when I, when I talk about a bomb proof portfolio, I think about financial confidence and, I think about financial confidence more than I think about financial independence. And I guess the, you know, the difference for me is that, you know, think about physical confidence, right? Physical confidence might be that you can walk down that dark alley and just know that you're fit. Maybe you train martial arts, maybe you just, you just know that you're good. You're going to be okay in a crisis, right? Most crisis scenarios. I like to think about my financial picture in a similar way. And I hope that's not too rugged, but you know, I do think about it that way. I want to be good in a crisis. Now I got three kids. I have a mortgage. I have lots of vulnerabilities. Right. And so what do I need in my personal treasury to ensure that I have the financial confidence to know that I'm good? I'm going to be good in a crisis because when you're operating from a place of confidence, I typically make much better decisions. I have a mindset of abundance. I just live a better life. Right. And so That gets back to what I said earlier, where I'm building a moat, not necessarily a castle right now. I want to have those insurance policies in place. For me, those are hard assets. And so I may play in the spec markets in the venture markets, and I absolutely do. I invest in lots of early stage companies, but I like to, from a position of strength, that that bomb-proof strength, which for me means, you know, I have an insurance policy in gold, in physical gold, and I, I keep that hidden away in two undisclosed locations and safe. I have a position in, in cryptocurrency, just Bitcoin, essentially. And again, it's, it's very young, uh, it's very young technology. And I think too early to really forecast what that's going to become, if anything. But I have enough confidence in the future of it that I want to horse in that race. So I have an insurance policy in Bitcoin. I have an insurance policy in real estate, right? My home equity. I'm, I'm very focused on building uh, you know, equity in my real estate portfolio. And so that's my, that's my moat. Right. That's the moat. That's the insurance policy, my worst case scenario, my financial confidence bucket that then allows me to move forward. Know that if I get wiped out in the early stage investment market, you know, what bomb proof means to me is that I don't get wiped out personally. Right. I, I invest in the early stage, you know, the cash that I can afford to lose. But as soon as I if I'm fortunate enough to generate profits, that gets pulled into the war chest, into that moat. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I, I guess these are some of the tools that you would get from this, from from the conference. Well, you're going to hear a
0: strategy like this from a 100 different professional investors. That's exactly it. So this might be mine. And, and, you know, I honestly adopted this from Nassim Taleb. It's the barbell approach. So assets divided on completely opposite sides of the risk spectrum. The uh, very boring, safe haven, hard assets on one side the super early stage, exciting and volatile assets. And on the other side, I personally don't put any money in the broad equities market. I don't find that I have a competitive advantage there. But in the higher risk or the super safe, that's where all of my wealth is distributed. This is a strategy that I developed after listening to countless professional investors on my show. And, um, and that's what investors get at my conference. They hear a hundred other professional investors, money managers, super successful company builders, et cetera, Talk about how they organize their wealth picture to set themselves up for the
1: future. And it's all stuff that you can uh, dive into at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Center, May 17th and 18th. That's a week from this Tuesday. Uh, You can get tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, Or you can just uh, Google the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, go to cambridgehouse.com. That's the other place to go. But uh, we'll tell you more about the tickets when we come back and about the different tiers of tickets, as well as uh, personal sovereignty. What does that mean? That's when Vancouver Consumer Continues with Jay Martin right after this. Welcome back, it's Vancouver Consumer with uh, Martin Strong, that's me on CKNW. And my guest is Jay Martin. He's the CEO of Cambridge House and the host of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Center. It's May 17th and 18th. And if you uh, Google the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, uh, you can uh, find your way to tickets. They're pretty easy to find. You can buy them on Eventbrite. Uh, You can also go to cambridgehouse.com. And uh, Jay is also the, the host Of the jay martin show on youtube which you can find and uh and as as jay was just telling us uh this uh the resource investment conference is really about the the things you want to see in a conference the things you want to learn about i think that's great
0: yeah speaking about me personally it's, it's definitely the conference that the investor in me feels like i need to attend and so all the content that we create is driven from that purpose, right? I'm, I'm an investor in the commodity sector, very volatile out there, it's very challenging to have conviction in your decision-making right now. And so we built this conference to help investors make better decisions. And the way we do that is by inviting about 100 keynote speakers who are experts in the commodities market from you know the very top. We have a couple of former world leaders down to very granular stock pickers and everybody in between right? To just share insight, strategies, and intelligence.
1: And you mentioned Stephen Harper. Uh, That's a a pretty big name. Uh, What are some of the other highlights that you're looking forward to at the the conference? Yeah, Prime
0: Minister Harper is going to be an absolute honor to sit down and pick his brain on uh, macro and global trends right now. Um, You know, one of his counterparts, a good friend of his actually, is the 63rd president of Mexico, Felipe Calderon. They they held office at the same time, so they had a very uh, powerful working relationship. I actually just got off a call uh, 10 minutes ago with uh, former President Cauldron, and uh, his memories of Harper are very, very, um, yeah, favorable. He's looking forward to catching up again. So it'll be fun to host those two. You know, and my, my goal here, Martin, is to get information you can't find or that I can't find other places, right? And so we've invited up Danielle Martino Booth, who's one of my favorite macro finance um, analyst because Danielle actually worked at the Dallas Federal Reserve Bank. And so in terms of understanding the decision making that occurs at the Federal Reserve level, you know, she's been in the room, you know, and assisted with strategy, assisted with policy, policy outlay, and all of this. And so once again, a truly a unique perspective. Over and above that, just a lot of my favorite personalities who I feel bring very objective opinions to the table. Um, economists like David Rosenberg, one of Canada's most influential businessmen, uh, one of the most respected economists in the world, period. Uh, Naomi Prince, who was an absolute legend on Wall Street at a very young age. She was a partner at Bear Stearns. She was a partner at Goldman Sachs. She actually built a lot of their very complex financial products before having a bit of a change of heart and pivoted her career towards, I guess what you'd call you know, vigilante financial journalism. And now she lifts up the curtain on a lot of the relationships between central banks, private banks and government. So if you're curious about how fiscal and monetary policy are really thought out before they're developed and distributed to people like us, you know, she's got some great insight there. So that's the the macro, you know, really understanding the high level policy and decision-making. And then we just have a ton of money managers and professional investors who are actually allocating capital So we get to hear from them, right? Why are you pushing capital towards the copper sector? Why are you pushing capital towards the gold sector? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? All of this.
1: So interesting. It's the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Centre, May 17th and 18th. Uh, Like I say, just Google V-R-I-C, um and you you talk about the the difference between the macro and the specific you know copper for example but it seems like the macro uh viewpoint of looking at the macro viewpoint of the world is so important right now because Things are changing so quickly on a geopolitical level with everything that's going on, say in Ukraine, and and the way the rest of the world is dealing with that. I mean, have you ever seen a time that has been this volatile when it comes to, to geopolitical uh, issues in our time?
0: No, I personally definitely have not. And you're right; it's real important to understand the macro right now because. If you're like me and you're looking at you know investing in public market equities or early stage commodity companies, gold miners, things like this, I want to be early. Of course, every investor wants to be early, but I don't want to be 10 years early, right? I, I've got three kids in a mortgage. I'd like to be a year early, six months early, <laughs> two years early, you know? Right. And understanding the macro just helps you identify whether there's headwinds or tailwinds moving towards the industries that you're looking at. So For example you brought up ukraine like it's a great example right we just saw this very unprecedented event where the us and europe froze about 600 billion dollars of um of currency reserves from russia now i'm not saying this wasn't warranted it was i think in proportion to what's occurring in europe but it sets a new precedent where you know the us can decide that you're a bad actor and confiscate your currency reserves which has never happened in the past now that happened. It is what it is. The question we should all be asking is what happens next? Because essentially a message has now been sent to central banks all over the world that their USD reserves aren't as secure as they thought they were. And if there comes a point where the U.S. deems them a bad actor, those can be confiscated. What does that mean? I mean, the countries are going to be less likely to hold as many USD reserves as they used to. And that cash is going to go elsewhere. probably, To historic assets like gold or a more diverse basket of currencies and so you know if if I see and we're seeing this right now just record um, central bank uh, gold purchases right now so what's that going to do to the supply and demand economics of the gold market well it's very favorable right and so that makes me want to be positioned in early stage gold developers and gold producers and so assembling these puzzle pieces is a lot of fun Um, and that's what we do at, at conferences like this we have all sorts of perspectives and and uh, try to uncover the threads.
1: Interesting. And you talk about on your YouTube channel uh, a lot, uh, a co- the concept of personal sovereignty. How, how do you define personal sovereignty? Well,
0: okay. So that's a great, great question. And it's, it's really at the core of all the content that I create. Personal sovereignty is just understanding that nobody has your back, right? This world and this life is completely up to you. And that's great news because it puts you in the driver's seat. It puts you in the control seat, right? And so it just means take control of your situation, right? We can't rely on any systems, any policies, any support to watch out for our best interests. We have to do that ourselves, right? And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. because It puts us in control. But you have to do a bit of work. And in my opinion, that means coming to conferences like this or just staying on top of subjects that truly matter in, in, you know, in a, on a – specifically in the financial markets, but if you're understanding why money moves the way it does, you tend to understand why the world functions the way it does, because you understand how relationships um, develop and, and where value lies and where value increases. So for me, personal sovereignty is just an agreement that I have with myself, but I'm always going to take care of myself. And in order to do that, it starts, it starts with money. If you know, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy, it can buy, it can solve problems, right? And I want to be able to solve my own problems. And so that, that was, I guess, the belief that I developed you a know, decade, 15 years ago when I decided I needed, to, I needed to take control of my financial picture. I didn't want to be reliant on anybody else. And, and that starts with education.
1: Yeah, information is power. And I guess uh, the way to start that information is to, to make sure you're open to new ideas and you're learning from, you know, the experts and that's who you will meet at the Vancouver resource investment conference at the Vancouver convention center, May 17th and 18th. And, uh, if you Google the Vancouver resource investment conference, uh, you can find tickets and, uh, there are different levels of tickets. Uh, but uh, I guess, uh, just a basic ticket would get you in there and, and get you in front of all these really uh, interesting people, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, we have uh, general admission. It's not an expensive conference to attend. It's, I believe, $40 for general admission. You know, we, we do have VIP and then super VIP at, at much higher price points that just get you a bit more exclusive access. Uh, but the general admission ticket gets you into every workshop, into every speaker hall, into every session. You can um, survey the entire trade show floor, meet with over 235 Uh, junior mining companies will be positioned in that trade show. So when you walk into the event, Martin, it's like walking into a marketplace of investment opportunities, specifically the junior mining sector. And so, you know, investors can choose to run a venture, walk around and, and meet the management teams and the CEOs running these companies, which is very important to do, you know, when you're investing in the early stage market, you're not really investing in the, you know, the product or the service or even the potential of an industry to move you're investing in the judgment and the decision-making of one or two individuals. So before you let somebody have an adventure with your money, you should take the time to meet them. And I tell you that the CEOs of junior mining companies, they're small businesses. They want to meet new shareholders. They're at the show to connect with new or prospective shareholders. And so if you're allocating capital to the junior mining sector, it is 100% in your best interest to come to a conference like this. And you can shake the hand of the CEO who's going to be making the decisions with your capital, look them in the eye and decide, do I want to partner with this individual? Right? do I trust them with my capital? Because that's really what this is.
1: Right. And uh, we're talking to Jay Martin, the host of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. And Jay, uh, I just want to ask you, what, what is your role as host, which is an, it's an interesting way to describe your role, but how do you define your role as, as host of this conference?
0: Well, I have the honor and privilege of hosting so many of these great conversations. And so I'll be sitting down one-on-one with former Prime Minister Stephen Harper for an hour to pick his brain, um, you know, and, and compare, right, managing the 2008 crisis towards managing today's. The same thing with President Felipe Calderon, the same thing with Daniel DiMartino Booth and David Rosenberg and, and all of these. And so I curate the agenda Um, either with one-on-one conversations or panel discussions or debates that I think are the most timely, that answer the biggest questions that I have and can provide as much insight as possible for investors who are looking to make money in the commodity sector. And so, yeah, I have the honor of hosting these conversations on stage.
1: Right. And there's room for debate at the conference.
0: There's always room for debate. Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes we can make is closing out opinions that offend us or disagree with that, or that we disagree with or that make us uncomfortable because it just increases our blind spots. And that's never a good thing, especially as an investor.
1: And for people listening who, you know, may not consider themselves, you know, like a big time investor or they're maybe just sort of starting out trying to figure out where to to put their money. I mean, what do you have to say to those people who are consider who, who think, well, maybe I should go to this. Maybe this will teach me something. What's yeah, your advice you, to them? You should. I mean,
0: first of all, I would just say that finance and the financial markets are not as complex as people make them out to be. It's a very intimidating industry if you're not familiar with it, but I guarantee you it's just like anything else. You know, the other side of complexity is simplicity, right? And all that's in between those two things is a bit of time and education and conversation. I don't think there's any better education than conversation. And that's why we host these fireside chats, debates and panel discussions, because, you know, through questions and answers, we really get great insight. The conference is filled with individuals who are not professional investors, right? They work a nine to five, they maybe own a small business, but they're looking to put their extra cash to work. But this isn't a full-time thing for probably 90% of the individuals who attend our conference. Of course, we do get professional investors, investment advisors, money managers, yes. But you know, at this show in Vancouver, that's not the majority of who attends. It's recreational investors who are looking to put some cash to work. So, you know, regardless of experience level, you know, if this is your first step, great. Please come, like grab you and I'm off the stage. I'd love to connect with you and introduce maybe some other directions you could look. The keynote speakers who take the stage, whether there's subscription newsletter writers who are sharing their insight on a weekly basis, um, you know, they're there to connect with you too. And so when they get off the podium, I, I tell you, they welcome conversation with the attendees. It's, it's a great community. It's a very supportive community. And um, yeah. it can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. So come on out.
1: Well, thank you, Jay. It was a pleasure talking to you. Likewise, Martin. Thank you. Jay Martin, the CEO of Cambridge House and the host of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference at the Vancouver Convention Centre, May 17th and 18th. That's a week from Tuesday and Wednesday. You can Google the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference for ticket information. And when we come back, it's hard to believe there are still video stores But there aren't very many, and one of the last ones in Vancouver has just announced it has closed its doors, or it is closing its doors, and we'll have that story coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. Some sad business news as a Vancouver institution, a retail institution, is closing its doors. Black Dog Video. One of the last remaining video rental stores in Vancouver has announced it is closing its doors for good. Obviously, the pressure of running a video store in the age of streaming was not easy, but Black Dog proved that if you found a niche clientele and provided them a unique and quality service, it could work. And work it did for years after stores like Blockbuster and Rogers gave up the ghost. Black Dog was the place in Vancouver to go for hardcore movie lovers. It was a place to hang out, talk about movies, have titles recommended, and also rent hard-to-find special edition DVDs and Blu-rays, that are filled with extra features like documentaries and commentaries you can watch along with the film. And that's stuff the streaming services don't provide. According to the owner, Darren Gay, ultimately, though, the streaming services and the illegal downloaders won out. Talking with the Vancouver Sun, Gay called it the convenience of mediocrity. Plus, add to that, the insane rents being charged for retail space And of course, the pandemic was a challenge for all brick and mortar retail outlets. Surprisingly, the pandemic actually gave Black Dog Video a boost for a while. Despite the fact they closed the store, Gay says he was insanely busy as people stuck at home, sent him emails with requests, and he would have the DVDs ready for people to pick up curbside. Black Dog Video started back in 1996 with the first store on Cambie Street. Then they opened the second location on Commercial Drive in 2005. In September 2020, Gay sold the Cambie Street location to a longtime employee who wanted to make a go of it. That store was renamed Video Cat, and Video Cat on Cambie Street is now Vancouver's last surviving movie rental store. And though Black Dog lasted a lot longer than a lot of people predicted, Gay says he's disappointed and a little concerned about what is going to be lost once everybody simply gets their films by streaming, which is a legitimate concern by movie lovers who are afraid that older and more obscure titles just won't have access to the big streaming services, and we'll never see them again. Gay has set the end of June as the tentative date for the closure, barring what he says may be a miracle, like a wealthy benefactor or an unexpected inheritance. He's taking some of his favorite titles home, but he has put up the rest for sale to the public, so there's still time to visit Black Dog Video on Commercial Drive. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. We are here on CKNW 2 to 4 every Saturday afternoon. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho, and we'll see you next week. Stick around. The news is next. I'm Martin Strong.
0: The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the
1: advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.